Leadership File on Premier. It's my joy to welcome you to The Leadership File, the show that aims to help you lead as Christ would have you lead, wherever he has placed you. I'm Andy Peck, your host, and whether you listen live on a Sunday or one of the many thousands who catch up via the podcast, it's great that you can join us. So to this week, the Christian church has had various ways in which it expects its people to grow as Christians. Some have become the accepted wisdom within denominations as the way to do it with prayer, Bible study, preaching, worship, all typically forming part of the church's diet. Whatever the method used, most agree that holiness does not happen by accident. Well, to discuss spiritual formation in the leader's life and the congregation, I'm joined by Andy Smith, who, with his wife Harmony, is a senior pastor of Belfast City Vineyard and has served there since 2002. So welcome uh, to the Leadership File, Andy. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Good, good to have you along. And uh, I, I mean, your journey to becoming senior pastor, first of all. Well, I'll, I'll give you the short version. Uh, in in university, uh, really, I uh, was part of a vineyard church and uh, really for the first time uh, just saw a, a way of, uh, of really uh, connecting with the Holy Spirit. So I was on a pretty radical journey there and uh, also saw a real model that would work for me to be in pastoral ministry. I'm a pretty radical introvert uh, and I always thought pastors had to be... Uh, crazy extroverts. And uh, uh, the pastor that really fathered me in faith uh, was also an introvert and just just tra- traced out a roadmap for me uh, in pastoral ministry. And uh, so I went on to do theological college and uh, and the seminary training there. Uh, that was in the States. Um, and really felt God speaking to me about um, Ireland and um, serving his church uh, there. And um, Got married to my wonderful wife, Harmony, and um, we actually did an internship in the Vineyard Church in Belfast for a year. We kind of came over and did anything and everything from cleaning toilets to preaching sermons and leading worship and whatever needed done. Um, and uh, in our second year of that, um, the planting pastors, uh, God called them on to other things, and uh, they asked us if we would uh, take over. And so um, we we did. And uh, our, uh, they haven't gotten rid of us yet. We're still there. And that was in 2002. So Fabulous. So so in terms of geography, you you started in Belfast and then went off to the States? Is that how it No, I, I am American by birth. Oh, you are? Hmm. Yeah. So I lived the first 24 uh, years of my life there. Oh, wow. And uh, the rest of the time has been spent in Belfast. And my wife, Harmony, is a missionary kid. So she grew up in uh, Croatia and Austria. So... Um, we're a bit of a mixed bag, really. Fabulous, fabulous. Uh, which part of the States did you grow up? I grew up in a small town in the state of Michigan and then did university and uh, seminary training in Chicago. Oh, wow. Excellent. Fabulous. Good. Well, um, um, I mean, I, I heard an ace talk that you gave on spiritual formation at a vineyard conference. Um, you said you felt you were very much on a journey with spiritual formation and you weren't the finished article. Uh, so how had you developed your understanding of what it takes to be in a place where you can stay, uh, what we might call, connected uh, to the Lord? Well, this journey, uh, I, I, would, I, I still think that I'm not the, the finished article, uh, but spiritual formation, the contemplative side of, of faith, um, 
are just so dear to my heart coming out of my own story. Um, I've always been drawn to passages like John 15, um, where we're to abide and then bear fruit. Uh, that's always been just uh, alive for me. Um, but a number of years ago, probably six years ago, I just had one of those moments in leadership and ministry where I felt fairly confronted by the Lord um, and just realized that I wasn't very present to Him and I wasn't present to the people I loved most. Um, I wasn't very present to my church. I wasn't even very present to myself. Um, and I just began to long for uh, the Lord's presence in a greater measure in my life. And I longed to be the kind of leader who was deeply present to to Jesus and to um um, to my church and, of course, to my family and nearest and dearest, and began to really search uh, the scriptures afresh, and especially in the Gospels. I just noticed that Jesus um, was the most present person that has ever walked the face of the earth, um, completely focused and on mission, but also uh, noticed the least and um, the lost around him, completely present in every moment. And um, I just decided I wanted to be like him and um, just began this journey uh, of real formation and the contemplative side of things and um, uh, began slowly and painfully. Um, but I've uh, found many wise guides along the way and have really um, come to the settled conviction that um, if we're going to survive and thrive in ministry, we need to be encountering the presence of the living God uh, every single day. And that that's actually um, the life he invites us to in the scriptures, to abide in him, to remain in him or dwell in him, and then out of that place bear fruit. And uh, as we've just journeyed this as a married couple and as a church community now over a few years, um, we have just seen spiritual formation lead to pretty radical impact in um, our own lives, in our city, and of course in our church community. So for me, it is absolutely vital for uh, for any Christian, but certainly Christian leaders, to be pursuing uh, formation in the presence of Jesus, just rooted in deep friendship with him. Oh, sounds fabulous. And um, we'll, we'll maybe unpack a little later some of the influences that have um, affected you uh, and you lead you lead with obviously your wife harmony she's a saint senior pastor too uh, i mean does she particularly share your perspectives on spiritual formation or is it is this kind of something particularly that you um favor no we're very much we're very much in this in this together which is a great joy and um i suppose i began the journey uh, slightly ahead of her um but but she is um in some ways, she's ahead of me now, and um, uh, really, uh, uh, she's a worship leader and a songwriter, and um, so she just um, spends hours at her keyboard uh, worshiping Jesus. That's how she would um, connect best. Um, but as we've gone on this journey, um, she's expanded into some other spiritual disciplines, things like silence and solitude. We both um, have spiritual directors uh, in our lives that help us discern, you know, what what is the Father doing with us as individuals? I think one of the biggest things for for leaders is just having a space that is for us and the Lord, and where nobody is like we're not prepping for a sermon or a talk 
or a leadership session where we're simply uh, we're with we're with the Lord for us and for Him. And I just feel like uh, most leaders I encounter those those spaces are few and far between. And um, as we've journeyed, we've just deliberately put things into our our days and our weeks and our months and our years that we're making sure we're carving out that time um, so that we're in the presence of the Lord that then overflows and impacts things around us. So she's very much uh, on this journey with me and it's a great joy. Well, you've hinted at a few of the the practices that you've, you find valuable. Um, uh, Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline has obviously lists uh, something like, uh, well, over 10 maybe 14 or so I can't remember the exact number um, any particular practices or habits or disciplines that you find helpful Andy that you want to mention I think the two um, most potent that I've found it doesn't mean they're going to be the most potent for everyone but uh, um, for me uh, the two uh, most radical uh, are uh, silence um, and also Sabbath um, I'll start with Sabbath. Um, you know, I suppose, uh, uh, we were like a lot of Christian leaders, uh, I, I talked to where, um, I took a day off and called it Sabbath rather than practiced Sabbath. Right. And, um, we've, uh, just taken the last number of years and worked hard at having, um, a day, um, where we are, uh, we have no agenda other than to be in the presence of the Lord and to enjoy his good gifts to us. Um, it's not the day where we, you know, uh, mow the lawn or sort out all the things you need to do. That's Those are good things to do, but they're, I think they're for a day off. Um, so on Sabbath, we make sure we're connecting with Jesus and we're taking our time with him. We don't have huge agendas of anything to accomplish. We spend time together as a family. Um, and that's been a, a slow but powerful change in us. Um, and then silence for me uh, it has just been an amazing transformation. I began with um, just trying to spend two minutes of silence. Um, and the reason uh, for that was simply to become aware of his presence. I just kept reading in different um, uh, accounts of of great Christians' lives and, um, you know, the mystics and the great devotional works on uh, how, how silence and solitude was such a powerful discipline and how it created incredible space uh, in our souls for, um, for God to move. Um, I'm sure everybody listening to this knows how it feels to be alive in our world today and feel rushed off your feet and your phone is always going and there actually isn't any space for my soul to breathe. And I feel like silence, uh, that, that's what happens. Um, I think for leaders as well, uh, silence is, um, uh, again, a space for us to come into the presence of of the Lord and acknowledge uh, Him and to um, be welcomed into His presence. And um, for me, it's the fullest, one of the fullest actions of belief in the gospel that we can do. In other words, we get to come into the presence of the Lord without fear or shame, no need to perform uh, or no need to even pray or pray the right prayers or even do anything at all. We can just simply come into His presence, confident that we are saved by grace. And we are welcomed into his presence. We get to receive from him. Um, and it's a, 
bit of a protest against our noisy, busy world. Um, and so that's a discipline I've practiced and grown in my own life, started with two excruciating minutes of trying to sit in silence and attend to his presence. And that's grown over years. And it's um, kind of the, the, the most important part of my day. I'm an early riser, so I'm up early and practicing that discipline. And it has just carved out a space um, of being in the Lord's presence for me that has really profoundly changed me. Wonderful. Well, we're, you're listening to Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Andy Smith. He's a senior pastor of Belfast City Vineyard, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Andy Smith with his wife, Harmony. He's a senior pastor of Belfast City Vineyard, originally born and grew up in the United States. Uh, we were talking before the break of... Uh, of his what he's learned about spiritual formation. This is the topic of our uh, conversation today, and uh, particularly about uh, the, the practice of, um, of of solitude and uh, silence and get, getting together with God um, to enable Him to minister to you. Uh, but also the practice of Sabbath, which um, uh, for Andy, I don't know Andy, which which day of the week your Sabbath is taken. Uh, it's normally on Fridays. Okay, sure. So for as a senior pastor, obviously Sundays are one of the busier days of the week, and uh, so Sabbath Sabbath for you is uh, is is Friday, which which sounds fabulous. So um, as you look back, Andy, were there any particular breakthroughs in understanding of this stuff as you've been reading and thinking and uh, uh, and pondering how? Um, how the Lord would have you move on, um, having identified the importance of of your own uh, contemplative lifestyle. Yeah, there's um, a couple of things that uh, a couple of realizations I think I came to, or the Lord revealed to me. And um, just as a leader, um, th th this is part of leadership, but it's also just part of uh, following Jesus well. Um, as I began to journey uh, these themes for me personally, um, I didn't set out to change my church or do anything. I just set, set out because I wanted I wanted to grow and I was hungry for more of God's presence. But as I began to, um, to talk about that publicly and incorporate that into my preaching and teaching and my discipling of other people, I just began to realize that how... Um, how little people had been taught on how to actually follow Jesus. Um, and as I began to talk about my journey, I kept hearing people say, I don't really know how to be in Jesus' presence. I don't, I don't know how to have a, a friendship with Jesus, a relationship with him. I, uh, you know, I know how to believe, but it was really a cognitive thing. And it was this um, disbelief that we could actually uh, know Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, I just began to feel really uncomfortable with that and decide that actually um, we needed to do something about that as a church. And, and describe um, Belfast uh, City Vineyard uh, Church for us. What sort of size are you? Um, on a weekend, we're about uh, in the low 400s, adults and children included. We have two services, one on a Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock in the city center of Belfast. Um, that's primarily amongst the poor. Um, and then we have a Sunday morning uh, in South Belfast. We meet in a school. Um, and over those two services, we're probably about 400 people on the weekend. Sure. And so how, how would you go about um, instilling some of the values that you were developing uh, 
within the folk who, you know, many of whom are just kind of, a, this is our church, we're going to come and we're, as you say, we'll be entertained as, as it were. We began to teach um, small groups and just gather people who were interested. So we didn't make people do anything. It was just, are you, if you're interested in growing in your relationship with Jesus, come to this group. And we did loads of different things. Um, I taught through, here's exactly what I do every morning. If you want to learn how to have a relationship with Jesus, then come to this small group and I will teach you exactly what I do. I'll take you by the hand and show you how I do it. You don't have to keep doing it that way, but it's a launching off place for you. Um, we began to have people um, trained to be spiritual directors themselves and lead silent retreats and prayer retreats. That began to happen. Um, so we began to introduce that uh, slowly but surely. And again, not in a everybody must do this, um, but just began to work with people who were hungering for this themselves. And it slowly but surely began to change the culture. And then finally, we had some stories to celebrate where people could talk about radical transformation in their lives, their marriages, their families, because of how they were encountering the presence of Jesus and, and leaning into this kind of life. Um, and so it was a couple of years of of living it out, really, and inviting other people to live it out and talking about it constantly. And um, we've now settled on, if you ask us at the vineyard in Belfast, what is, if you could distill down who are you or what do you do? We have a phrase, we, we just say formation, community, and impact. Those are the three main things we do. We pursue spiritual formation in community, uh, and then that always brings an impact, and it impacts ourselves, our family, our city, and even globally. And so we just did the typical um, live it out and do that long enough, and the culture begins to change. Sure. Um, I don't know what the age range would be at Belfast City Vineyard, but uh, certainly the the, the classic um, you know spirit of the age certainly is is of instant you know instant and enjoyable um, experience. Um, and some of these things obviously are, 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 you know take a long time to be embedded into people's lives. Have you have you found any any kind of hostility against what you're seeking to do, or has it been mostly? welcomed and as people experience it they think yes this is this is for me um we haven't had any out and out hostility to it and i think part of that is you know if if the place that you're at is i just want to turn up on sundays then that's fine that's great um we want more for you than that but if that's where you are fine and nobody's going to make you do something um um we we have had a, a huge number of people really want to opt in, um, which is great. Um, but we do wrestle with, I think you use the phrase, the spirit of the age and kind of the instant culture, and this should happen really, really quickly. And um, if you know anything about spiritual formation, it takes a long time. And uh, uh, lots of times you don't feel like you're winning and angels aren't dancing around your room at 5.30 in the morning every single morning. And no. um, sometimes you wonder, is anything actually even happening? And it's a long and it's a slow process. And yeah. our world doesn't usually like those kinds of things. So we have certainly found that to be true. Um, and I found it true not just in our younger crowd, which we have loads of those, uh, but then also in our older crowd. So uh, call it 40s and up, which we have loads of those as well. Um, and I th I've found um, two things to be incredibly helpful um, 
in this area. And one is we talk a lot about legacy. Um, that's just a word that God's given us as a church. Um, and he's asked us to think about what kind of a legacy are we leaving in this place, in this city, um, as a church and also as individuals. What is our individual contribution? What will outlive us? What are we hoping other people can access because we've contended for something? And I found that when you talk about um, legacy in terms of what um, will overflow from your life, what is Jesus going to do in your life, that really touches people in an interesting and unique way. And it casts vision for, I want to do something for the long haul um, that actually has exponential impact. And as we've talked with people about that and we've placed spiritual formation in that context, um, that's really helped people be able to engage um, because that's something that everybody is passionate about, that everybody is hungering for. Everybody wants their life to count. Um, and we just talk about this as a probably one of the most profound ways you can leave a legacy is if you pursue friendship with Jesus for the rest of your life. Um, he will cause a legacy to be birthed in you. And he gets to decide what that is. Um, but it, if he's doing it, it will be profound and it will be powerful and it will be uniquely suited to you. And we've just found that that actually really, really captures people. Sure. The other the other thing um, is something that I know Richard Foster talks mm-hmm. about um, and John Ortberg and a number of other writers talk about this, this paradigm shift from... Um, it's training, not trying. And um, we talk a lot about that. When you're pursuing formation and you think, I'm just trying to do better, I'm trying to pray more or whatever, it's try, 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 fail, I must be bad, and burnout kind of is a cycle you go into. And I know what that's like. I've been there many times. Um, but when you think about what we're doing with formation in terms of training, like I'm actually building up muscles here, then um, we're not failing, we're just training. And that has just brought um, a real new lease of life for people who have been in cycles of, I've tried to read the Bible, I've tried to connect with Jesus, and I, I just don't feel like I ever get anywhere. Um, and I just want to give up, and I don't really pursue it anymore. Um, the paradigm of training has really unlocked some things for them. Um, and then the last thing I guess I would say on that, particularly amongst people who are um, kind of 35 and under, um, I, I found that people of that, I, I love people of that age group because they're really passionate and they want to leave their mark and they believe um, they're called to a lot of things. They don't really have a problem with wondering, do they have a contribution to make? They're, they're queuing up to make a contribution, which is great. And I love that. Um, but I just always ask them the question of, um, are are your rhythms of life with Jesus um, strong enough to sustain the calling that you think God has for you? And if you want to leave a mark, if you want to leave an impact or a legacy, and you have big dreams, you have to understand that those flow out of abiding with him. And are your rhythms strong enough and robust enough to sustain your callings? And that's just brought, again, this this. Uh, passion and dedication to formation. Uh, we just have a saying around our church that um, lots of things can't be faked, they have to be formed. And that just takes a long time, um, but is really integral to the overall contribution we are going to make to God's kingdom in this world. Oh, fabulous, Andy. Thank you. And and just as we, as we conclude, uh, books or resources that you found helpful along the way? 
Yeah, a couple that I have found super helpful. Um, uh, the writings of Dallas Willard have been deeply formational for me. Um, uh, amazing philosopher, uh, Christian teacher, thinker, and writer. He's now with the Lord, but his contribution uh, has just really challenged me. And he's many books. Um, um, anything by Dallas Willard uh, was amazing. We as a church have found um, Pete Scazzaro's emotionally healthy uh, church, emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy leader, uh, super helpful. For Christian leaders, I would say Pete Scazzaro's emotionally healthy leader is one of the best books I've ever read. And if you're wanting to go on a formation journey, that's a great place to start. Another book that's been really powerful for me uh, is a book by an author called Alan Kreider, and it's called The Patient Ferment of the Early Church. And he looks at how the early church was formed and grew and how they did formation. Um, and he highlights the issues of patience. And uh, rather than the word formation, he uses the word ferment. Some things are, there's some fermentation processes there. Fascinating book by Alan Kreider. Those would be just a few uh, that I would recommend. There's so many more that I could say, but those would be my main ones. Well, Andy, we're in your debt. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing something of your heart and, and how the um, these things have, have manifest themselves throughout the church. So thank you so much for um, emphasising these for us. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Uh, so you've been listening to Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined by uh, Andy Smith this week, uh, Senior Pastor of Belfast City Vineyard. Uh, go to, um, obviously, Premier's website and listen to archive versions of the Leadership File, including this one in due course, or go to iTunes and uh, download it to your listening device there. Look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's Word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. 